Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Divided Films. I am JJ, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! And uh, joining us on the podcast today, again, my amazing fiancé, Eric Toro. Hey, everyone. Good to be back. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so, yeah, tis the season. We're right in the thick of the holiday season, and so all we have on the mind are Christmas movies, holiday movies, and... So, of course, we want to talk about some divided holiday movies. And one of those movies is today's topic, The Family Stone, uh, starring an ensemble cast that includes uh, many people, including Sarah Jessica Parker, Craig T. Nelson, Diane Keaton, Rachel McAdams, just to name a few, Luke Wilson as well. And uh, this movie falls into the category of having a negative score from critics only 53 percent approving on rotten tomatoes and a mixed to positive score from audiences 63 percent approval so only like a 10 percent difference there but still you have the critics on the rotten side of the fence and audiences on the fresh side of the fence so we'll get into why that would be and the critics consensus for the family stone this family holiday dramedy features fine performances but awkward shifts of tone so yeah you know uh eric you know you introduced me to this movie a few years ago and i think the thing that i'm agreeing most about this consensus is awkward shifts of tone i think it's a little unclear for me having watched it a second time recently what exactly the tone this movie is trying to achieve so you definitely have i think some effective dramatic moments I feel like the comedic moments hit flat and that shift from comedy to drama can is not the smoothest for me. And of course there's an appeal here with the ensemble cast. You know, it's one of those kind of movies where on the poster you have all the cast members smiling like it's headshots or something like, Hey, we're all having a great time here. But you know, it's not actually the case in the movie. Not everyone is getting along. Uh, but you know, Keith, um, was this is this a movie that you were familiar with, or was this like a first viewing for you? This was a first viewing, barely familiar. Like I I was fifteen when this came out. I'm not seeing this movie. Uh, I <laughs> it it there is a Christmas feeling to this movie. I'm not gonna say like I didn't hate I I didn't hate it, and there's a lot to dis, uh, dissect. I. We're going to have to go over the plot because it's not that I was confused. I had to consult Wikipedia just to make sure I was believing what I'm watching sometimes. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, this movie's actually, oh, they're going in this direction. Like, literally, I, I would describe this movie, if this was, movie was a sound effect, it would be, huh. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, I agree. There are definitely some left turns taken in the story that I did not expect that they would have taken that I kind of wish they didn't take because at times it seems like they're heading down a path that I'm interested in. They're diving into some things. I think, okay, like here, here's some good material, but then it shifts to some other territory that I wish they wouldn't go down. And so it's like a mixed bag for me. There's, there's potential there, but I think it gets bogged down with some more cliched, cliched elements. But Eric, you know, you go back to when this movie was first released right in 2005 or at least, 
you know, you go back further than we do. So, you know, tell us about that. Yeah, so this movie, obviously, as one of those people who was really attracted to the ensemble cast, I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's Rachel McAdams, the Mean Girls, and then you have, like, Sarah Jessica Parker from Sex and the City. Like, I got excited about that. And then um, just having those characters, or those actors, I should say, and having them all in the movie really got me going on just to be interested in student theaters in the first place. I went to theaters to see it. So, obviously, at holiday movies, a lot of us, especially when you're younger, we're excited about holiday movies, especially... Anything of the holidays with with family and family entering to all congregate for a gathering. That's one thing that really got me excited about it. So for me, I grew up in like a big family. I have my both of my parents have like five siblings each, so so many cousins and everything. And I always got excited about the holiday spirit, about like drama. Obviously, with big families come with drama. That's why I can relate to this movie so much because, at least for my family, there's a lot of different personalities and conflicting personalities always has you know something interesting because it feel I feel like if you have a movie that has everyone having the same exact personality same exact interest it just makes it kind of boring so I think the fact that they made this dynamic in that sense I appreciated I do agree with the fact that there is just so much going on and just the tonality of it is very off they just you at first when you see the previews and you know the trailers it's all about the comedy you see it like oh this is gonna be a fun comedy family friendly and whatnot but then i guess the surprise in it is that there's a lot of like drama as well and um i mean we knew there'd be drama but we thought it'd be comedic drama but there's mo- moments right. in the movie where i cried i literally like cried in in places where jd was surprised i cried <laughs> you know it's just it's just if you think about the family values and having like Thinking of the family stone, I think of the mother being the rock of family. She's that stone that really um, holds the family together. So that's the thing that really touches my heart, how like everyone comes to be with each other, but they're all there for one specific purpose because they know that they can't have this moment forever. So that's the thing that made me happy just to realize that, okay, this is something that brings together family, but then you bring in outsiders and that's what causes the riffraff usually in every movie. Yeah, you know, I I like the heart of this movie, which is like you alluded to, the mother Diane Keaton's character is the the crux of this family, and the dramatic plot line is how she is sick, she's dying. I think it's implied, or I don't know if it's outright said that she has breast cancer, right? I think that's that's what and she's it came from. back, I believe. Yes, yeah. yes. So um, so I I find that to be effective is how each of the other family members are handling this and trying to digest it and appreciate their now limited time with the matriarch of this family. I wish they focused more on that instead of veering off. For example, I wish maybe that Diane Keaton was maybe more center of the movie instead of the Sarah Jessica Parker character who is the outsider. It's everything is seen from her perspective for the most part. And because she is such like an awkward, cool character, following things in her shoes and i wish we kind of maybe started with the family to begin with now you also alluded to the trailers to this movie and i'm going to touch a little bit too on the marketing i feel like anytime you have a movie that has different tones marketing and trailers will usually focus on one of them and try to simplify the movie in a way that is more marketable so watching the trailers it definitely had more of that sarcastic cynical holiday tone to it as if you know this is like 
not really in the Christmas spirit, like lampooning it. And even the, one of the movie posters of the family stone is someone with, I guess, the ring, the family stone on their ring finger, but the ring finger being held up as if on a first glance, it looks like a middle finger, right? But it's actually the ring finger. So there, it's, it's almost as if they try to package this as a cynical ho- um, holiday movie. But in actuality, it's more sincere than it would let you believe. Having not watched the trailer, I might have seen it in a in another movie in another lifetime. But is it every comedic moment? Is it her dropping yes. the, the stuff? Is it her driving the car? And then is the most wonderful time of the year playing in the background? Like it, I feel like I can I can see this trailer absolutely in my head. It is all those things. I because we, we watched the trailer after having seen the movie recently. And yet there is not a single joke in the movie that isn't in the trailer. They give the, all that away because, again, there's not that many comedic set pieces. <laughs> but the ones that are, they made it, you know. So, again, that's it's it's interesting how they might have misled some wow. people. But, you know, audiences still like this movie, at least more than the critics. And, again, I think the dramatic parts or the parts that are more effective. And, you know, if they, I think the marketing should have maybe propped that up a little bit more because those were the strengths. So I agree with the fact that I wish that the mother was a center of it, especially in that movie poster. She's not even in the center, Sarah Jessica Parker's. But then I feel like they really wanted to focus on the person bringing the drama. Like they wanted to show Sarah Jessica Parker as that, I guess, antagonist in a sense, kind of like ruining the Christmas. But then at the end of the day, like it's all kind of a web of how everybody's involved in bringing the drama. Like, it's not just her. It's about how everybody's trying to, like, put in their two cents and everything, and there's always going to be some kind of, like, conflict. I'm okay with that being the, like, it, like Diane Keaton and Sarah Jessica Parker being the main leads. I'm okay with that. And, I, Eric, I was going to ask, like, what is the theme of this movie? I really wasn't going to get it. I really wasn't getting it, like, that I don't know. I I really wasn't finding it as I was watching it, but you kind of laid it out for me. Um, but there are <laughs> Claire Danes did not have to be in this movie, and she and this is I I think she's fantastic. But like, where I agree with you, JJ, the movie should have focused on like our last Christmas to our last Christmas together with family. No, we're gonna introduce this love quadrangle or I like. I don't know. I yeah, don't know the. the I don't rec- know the shape. <laughs> it's a love rectangle, I suppose, and and we'll get into that for sure. I I'll, you mentioned Claire Danes, right? And she plays the sister of Sarah Jessica Parker. Brought character. halfway through the film. Film. Brought halfway through, halfway through the film, but she is the first build in the credits. Did you notice that? that it's like that's as a good agent. Out, Claire Danes. She's the first name, <laughs> and she's only on screen for like ten minutes. That's a good agent. I thought that was kind of weird. That was a little strange, and I agree. Once they introduce her character and the the guy who's the boyfriend of Sarah Jessica Parker, are, like he immediately falls for the sister. Love at first singer. sight. It's like, love at first sight. But it it's a cliche rom com moment where they see each other, they have the moment, and then she falls comedically to deflate that whole thing. It's that to me again plucking out of rom com cliches, and and it was like distracting in a bit. And so yeah, you have this like awkward four-person love story tanglement that I did not really care for at all. I was like, no, 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 go back go back to the mom and her relationship with each of her children and how each of them are handling this. But no, now we get this, like, soapy, 
sort of situation that I totally didn't buy because these people are now falling for each other in less than a day. And it's like love at first <laughs> Anything sight. can happen on Christmas. <laughs> sure. We will try to behave like a civilized family. I don't care whether you like me or not. Oh, of course you do. Claire Danes, Diane Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Dermot Mulroney, Craig T. Nelson, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Luke Wilson. The Family Stone. It just that we're all we've got. And you, you're the worst. I'm the worst. I feel like they, okay, so I agree. They didn't need to bring her in. But I feel like from their beginning, they just need to like kind of express that they were not the right couple to be together. Sarah Parker and their Mulroney. Like basically those two, even the car ride coming, driving up, they just, you could tell that there's no chemistry, that she's, you can tell that she's so uptight despite the way she's sitting and they're just not loving, you know? And I guess they just wanted to show, they just, so they wanted someone to take her to something to break them apart. Obviously the brother was, Luke Wilson was that person. But then I guess for him, they wanted him to kind of find himself as well and kind of make him grow to realize, you know what, I'm, do, I'm kind of like only marrying her because I want my mom to, be able to see me get engaged to somebody and really like speed up the process before she passes. And it's a really bad decision, but they wanted to kind of like show that he can give him something to, okay, I can't marry her. I can't propose to her. I realize that I can fall in love with someone else, not maybe fall in love, but I can be obsessed with someone else without having to marry somebody. Well, okay. Yeah. So (laughs) I get his arc basically is that, yeah, he's in this awkward relationship with Sarah Jessica Parker, bringing her home for the holidays. The family doesn't really like her to begin with. And so, yeah, you get a sense that because because his the mom is dying, he wants her to see him married before she passes. And so he's kind of forcing this relationship, right? But I don't think he needed to fall in love with someone else to realize that he doesn't need to be with Sarah Jessica Parker. I think he could have come to that realization but what also really sucks, too, is for Sarah Jessica Parker's character, she is constantly getting crapped on this whole movie. And sure, a lot of it is self-inflicted wounds. The writer hates her. <laughs> like, the writer's just digging this uh, hole for her. It gets worse and worse for her throughout the movie. But then even after she has her redemption moment with the Christmas gifts she gives that actually really wins everyone over, then she's still having awkward, embarrassing moments after, like dropping the eggs and all that kind of stuff and thinking she's getting proposed to when she's not. It's like she can't catch a break. And I started to feel bad for her after a while. I'm like, oh, my God, this movie is just not letting her have a win. Just because you, know, you would think once she redeems herself and finally does something that's sentimental and she achieves her full arc, she doesn't need to suffer anymore, right? She she is now in the she should be in the clear. So why punish her anymore after that? I I didn't really get that. I thought okay, this is enough. I, um, because then it actually gets even a little worse afterwards when she's like yelling at the family like I'm just as good as you. It's like come on, you just want us over. But they're just trying to show how oblivious she is. For example, when she gave the gift, she had no idea. It's like oh, why are you all reacting this way? She was just oblivious as to why they were actually grateful for the gift. Like, she was too kind of self-centered in which she doesn't, she's so socially inept. Like, they wanted to show this really socially inept person and bring them to a family that's kind of, like, 
cynical and fun and you know like right looser looser one much more loose um family and i guess they just wanted a show that she it's hard for her to kind of understand how to function around these people yeah it was kind of like a meet the parents but a more serious version right because in meet the parents it's similar like an outsider coming into a significant family event and it's played for comedic purposes but in this case i i i don't know it it was you know the, the parts that worked were again the the more dramatic moments so you have this really awkward dinner scene Ugh. where oh they're talking gosh. about oh my gosh yeah we get into it man so they have this awkward dinner scene and so they're talking about you know uh basically you know one of the children is a gay son who's also deaf and he has his boyfriend with him there and it's an inter it's an interracial gay relationship and so it's like a very awkward subject for the Sarah Jessica Parker to broach and but she broaches anyway and it blows up in her face and it just it's it's just like word vomit the more she says the more she upsets people and the more she tries to explain herself the worse it gets and eventually she's thrown out of the dinner but I thought it was effective because this is like okay this is a character who can't explain herself that well and I thought it was dramatic because you can see where everyone's coming from and it was I, I thought it was it was a good scene and so it, it's, it's kind of, I think that was like the crux of the movie basically was this uh, person who's trying so hard to get along, but she's just not in this world and she doesn't know how to. It would have worked uh, like you have a, probably one of the most dramatic scenes in the movie. And then the scene ends with her attempting to comically drive a car into a tree. If I'm not mistaken, it might have, she might as well have right. had a pie thrown in her face. Like it was just, <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm, the con, like, I'm. I had to watch that con- uh, the conversation again because because it was so like. It's not that it was out of place. I was just. I don't think I've ever seen that kind of conversation in anything, and I'm I'm trying not to look at it through 2021 eyes. I'm like, okay, it's 2005, the, you know, the Bush years. It's one thing to broach this kind of conversation but she just as you said she keeps like she's like i i would i don't know how any parent could live like this like you you, well, you can I see get... the room like the like at least something yeah. on the face everyone's face is like don't please do not i know go stop, down. Stop, stop. Please everyone's stop begging this. her if, if even the sister so i mean the subtle thing too in that scene is that people are joking about the subject they're making light yes. of it because that's the only way you really can right joking about sexuality and how the mother jokingly wishes all her kids were gay yeah that kind of thing and because the meredith character sarah jessica parker is so socially inept that she can't she doesn't pick up on the nuance of the humor and when she immediately brings the conversation to a halt everyone looks at her like wait what what are you doing this is you know don't don't make this a serious subject no but really she just has no sense of humor that's the thing she just doesn't understand what she's what other people are saying and how they're trying to change the subject and make it lighter, you know? Exactly. So she, she, that, that's part of her social ineptitude is she's unable to pick up on the tone and she totally reads things the wrong way. In addition to expressing herself the wrong way. Cause I get what she's trying to say is that it's hard. It's harder for a kid who's gay to, to grow up than, than a straight kid. It's a little kid, dialed to 11 it. though. I mean, I, and, may, and maybe that's fine, but then it's the tone whiplash of a scene like that to the comical music playing when, as she's trying, as she like attempts to drive away. 
I w- that's it, that's what the awkward shifts in tone. I agree. I think that's the movie trying to le- like um, alleviate the tension, right? Because it's such a tense scene. <laughs> it didn't work. It's like you can't even look. It's cringy. You can't even look because of how awkward the conversation is. So I think that's the, the movie when it has a runaway fleeing into the night and crashing cars. I think that's the movie's way to try to relieve that tension. But again, it doesn't work because it's it's all of a sudden you're going from one movie to another movie. I agree with that. Actually, Keith, when you mentioned that, because, for example, when she stormed off, I was crying because Daheen was telling her son, like, you know, you are normal in my eyes. I love you. Like, I found that so yeah. Oh, that was a beautiful. And- exactly. They ruined the moment by bringing that comedic, like, car crash thing. Like, come on. That, yeah. That's where I said the conversation, I think, it, it worked until, yeah, that little epilogue end of the scene and yeah uh it would have worked jj if the humor actually i don't think any of the the slapstick humor i mean they should have relied on the characters more so than the the situation but i don't even think this movie needed to be once again i'm seeing the trailer and I'm, i'm just imagining how goofy the trailer must be but it's like it it didn't need to be that funny not saying it can't be a dramedy, but it didn't need those. Well, dramedies are moments. much more subtle in weaving the different tones together, and it's not as it's not as dramatic of a shift yeah. from drama to to comedy. In fact, I now am questioning if this movie had rewrites in which someone, the studio, whoever was like, you know, make it funnier. It's a it's a holiday movie. I can right? see that, and and yeah, they're trying to make it as I, any movie that's on christmas i suspect is trying to be a classic and and uh, a perennial for for the season and so this movie like many other christmas movies it's shot in a certain lighting and a certain gleam and you know you do get some of that warmth and so i think that's where they're trying to insert humor where it can't really be fit is to try to make it more of of a classic but you can have classic christmas dramas i th- I think those can be if they're uplifting at the end because dramas aren't just about being sad you know they can yeah. be inspiring too i think it's uplifting when you do see the the pictures you know of of a younger diane keaton when she's pregnant with with the rachel McAdams character and everyone everyone is sweet. like oh like that this was is, you know, this is actually a great way to celebrate this final christmas with the mom it's like bittersweet you know that could still be uplifting you don't have yes. to have like you know, people falling over runny eggs to enjoy a movie like this. Meredith, most of us here believe that sexual orientation is a result of a genetic predisposition, much like handedness. Hand? Well, that and mom. You tried to make us all gay. Hey, what are you talking about? I didn't try ever. It. No, a true. I did hope. <laughs> I did. I did desperately hope that you would all be gay. Oh, my boys, and then you'd never leave me. I'm so sorry, by the way, girls. Oh, right. <laughs> was this the first movie of its kind? Like, because I'm trying to think of movies. Uh, it doesn't have to be holiday per se, but like, you know, you're every, you know, every once in a while you see like eight different actors getting together for Christmas or Thanksgiving type movies now. And I see it as an ex- a good paycheck and ex- an excuse to hang out with other celebrities sure uh this one i think is is this the first of this kind of ensemble christmas and and well what year i don't know what year was yes this is 2005 2005. what year i think in love actually was that after 
I think Love oh, Actually came yeah. first. In fact, yeah. I was actually even thinking, was this maybe in response to a Love Actually? Because that was a very popular. It would have right? to be. It would have to be. It's even different. Like, a Love Actually is like many different stories in one. It's an ensemble, but some characters don't really meet. This is like the first f- dramedy family, all uh, you know, all star ish ensemble. At least that I can th- like it, it. This walked so that uh, a movie that I think handled its dramedy very well is I think it's called This Is Where I Leave You, or uh, it's the movie with like Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, Jane Fonda's the matriarch, and they hold it. They shit Shiva. Um. And Adam, like, you know, it's a family of four and their father died. And it's just it, it it's actually directed by the guy who did our last episode, uh, Night, uh, Sean Levy, who did Night oh, wow. uh, at the Museum. I think it handles dramedy very well. It's an ensemble cast. And I remember really enjoying that. As, and it, it, you know, you had comedic actors, but no comedic you know, there's no one failing right, out of right. Yeah, there's nothing like farcical movie. about it. In fact, another one that came to mind, yeah. and this is like you know, a little bit of a distant connection here, because I showed Eric not too long ago, uh, Moonstruck. You know, share, and and that's oh, I yes. would say a dramedy. But you know, like these movies we're describing, the successful dramedies, the dramatic and the comedic moments are derived from the characters themselves, not from any sort of. Uh, like contrived situation that we've seen in so many other movies because we, you grow to love the character. So when they're upset or they're laughing, you're you're in tune with them. You're empathetic with them. And uh, yeah, like I wish there was a little more investment in the characters in terms of their development. Yes. Because okay, you get a lot of the Meredith character, you get a lot of the the, mo- the mother character, but you know you don't really get a ton of. Oh, Rachel McAdams, you get a lot of. I think she's well defined. But for example. Yeah, you have the the one the gay deaf son and his boyfriend. Is there any interest that this movie has in that boyfriend? He doesn't really have much of a reaction to anything. He doesn't really have that many lines. He's just kind of there. In fact, they're not. They kind of alluded though to the fact that he didn't have a perfect like transition to the family as well. Like basically, they kind of said that's that the only uh, line that stood out for me. But from that him, could have really. been an opportunity for that character to maybe relate to meredith the new outsider and say like hey like let me give you some advice to how to fit in da 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 like this is how i did it that could have been a nice scene for them but instead you know this actor who's playing this this boyfriend he again it's not really given much to do and so like he's there yeah it's same thing like the oldest sister right like she has a nice moment she has a nice <laughs> moment with the with the mom and where they're cuddling in bed and they, they have a nice moment. But for the most part, she's also kind of just there. I don't really get a lot of what her perspective is on, like, the awkward dinner conversation or on the love rectangle and other things like that. She, she doesn't really have much of a voice either. So you have a lot of characters, but not a lot of perspectives. And so I find that to be a little frustrating. Like, you, you establish the characters, but you don't really do that much with them. I agree. And there, I think... At the end of the day, they're just trying to add numbers. They just want to show how big this family is and how many people can kind of fit in one house. Like, I kind of, like, don't like that. And I wish they did show more of each character and how they kind of developed. You know, I just feel that they focus a lot on Meredith. And I actually, I believe it. I believe some can be that tight. I know people who are like that, actually. And, you know, it's just people who struggle to kind of 
be in l large groups. There's people who are like that. And so, and you can see that the son who's trying so hard, trying to be perfect. So mom even said it, it's like, stop trying so hard. Everyone tells Mary to stop trying. Well, she's actually very similar to, to her um, boyfriend because they're both trying way too hard. Like they just need to loosen up and just live. And that's the big thing. Like they just want everybody to, to chill. And that's the thing. This movie has no Yeah, chill. it's ironic that the, the family themselves are very laid back when the movie itself is too busy trying to do too many things. It could have used maybe the advice of the subjects of, their, of the family to, again, take a step back and not try so hard to do too many things at once. But to agree with both, I mean, I, w I really wish we got to know some of these characters beyond their uh, bumped up to 11 archetypes like, I like the I thought the oldest sister is just the mom the one with the children she's treated just as well as she is in the Twilight movie I recognized her uh but I wish she maybe was having problems with her husband or like like or um you have this interesting character in a deaf uh gay son and <laughs> I did have to laugh I don't know American Sign Language but and I appreciate the cast this movie attempting it but i feel like they didn't follow through like they would just do one motion and the and they should have been having like full-on conversation they'd be just doing one motion but that's another that's a whole other topic but i maybe the son was would is scared to have a child maybe he's like if they're i don't know it's instead of just like look i, I agree I, I have the big family bring uh i actually think Sarah Jessica Parker is really I know you guys watch Sex in the City but uh I know I'm like one of the only five people who watch Divorce she's actually really kind of perfect for this kind sure, of role. I agree I think she's really good in the part and I think she's a really good actress I, I you know, Eric got me into Sex in the City as well and you know Carrie is a very outgoing character so it's interesting to see her play a more uptight socially awkward character and I think she fits very well into this movie. I just think that she was a little too much of the focal point. I guess it's like, oh, we're seeing things through her perspective because we're outsiders to this family, kind of like she is. But yeah, I like that, though. It, it's nice. At least, but I think it's this added like halfway through the movie we're bringing in where we probably should have been focusing on these characters. We're now bringing a whole new character and Winter Wonderlanding, love it for sighting. It, I don't know. I it it it's a I don't left even turn. know that much about the Claire Danes character either. Married the sister because yeah, she's supportive of her sister. She goes all the way down on Christmas Eve to to be there to support her, but she seems to be an entirely different character. She seems well more adjusted, and so I'd like to see you know what what's the relationship between these two sisters, where one has to constantly support the other one because you know one's really uptight and the other one has a better grasp on things. I would have like to see that explored a little bit more so again it's um you know not not as thought out as as it could have been there's a lot of potential in this movie and in fact i was even thinking that this might have worked better as a play than a movie it would have uh benefited from more intimate setting and a more intimate uh medium like like theater uh but you know you instead you have the hmm. you have like this you know you have this movie here and yeah there's plenty of nice movies that are dialogue based and and more based than that I, I i appreciate that it's like an original story for the holidays that's more based on family dynamics um but yeah i do get a sense that 
where this movie started as it was maybe forced to cram in more ideas as as it went on which is too bad so let's actually think about it so we mentioned the gay couple i think what i noticed with the movie is that they're targeting the, those two as the point of contention where those are the two that for example when they're playing charades she points at the at the black boyfriend you know and i'm like okay do they just want to have the targets the targets that will bring meredith into like a downfall so even with the dinner, like they're also the targets to where Meredith does something bad again to them, you know, kind of discussing about um, homosexuality. So that's the thing. I feel like they just made these two gay guys the targets the whole time for Meredith. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like they brought her in only as a way to show, oh, Meredith gets jealous. She's trying so hard to, to fit in like her sister. So when the sister awkwardly says something at the dinner saying, oh, and what race do you want your child? Which, you know, nobody took that into offense. But Meredith thought she could go join in the conversation and just start talking about homosexuality like she did. She thinks she could just um, one up her sister in some sense because she was getting jealous. So she, the sister was supposed to be, I guess, that character that she's trying hard to be because she sees how yeah. this girl is fitting in. They're obsessed with her. Yeah, it was noticeable how, how Meredith was... Um maybe like get surprised and and jealous how well her sister was was getting along but again you can tell the sister is has more more social grace and again i'd like to see that explored a little more and even so like this gay couple you know there this is like 2005 so i wasn't expecting them to be super affectionate with each other but i don't think they had they, there was no affection at all with this couple like i think we had to keep remind being reminded that they're a couple because they just really sit next to each other and that's the only indication you have that they're romantically involved and you know maybe like i don't know one peck even it's on the cheek or something like that i get it it's 2005 and we weren't really just to have a gay couple or, or a gay person in a movie was was something right like we've come a long way uh but this movie had a chance to be a little more progressive i mean they have a gay interracial couple in a mainstream movie that's not something you really saw they don't really do anything with it they're just there and that's it like they they don't really you know just having them there is is to me like not as progressive as the movie like to think but they use them as a drama they use them as a point of a major argument as set pieces they're they're used as plot devices and not as characters with their own stories of uh tokenism uh like you know black gay disabled like all into one i think the only i can i'll agree with you i think the only for uh at least for 2005 progressive ism is when diane keaton is just like i love you no matter like what who and where you are like i i thought like that was a you know during the height of the bush years where this was like the biggest you know Gay marriage was the it's amazing what can happen in like 15 years. But this gay marriage was, you know, the biggest topic of conversation at one point. And yeah, I, I give this movie credit on that le- being as progressive as it can. But also it didn't it could have done a little bit more if it just took out some other stuff. I don't know. They're, they're interesting characters. They're about that. They're about to have a child like play with that. Yeah, they have a lot of interesting things. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting things. Yeah, about no, we're told them that they have going for yeah. them, but you don't yeah, really we don't explore yeah. it. It's like 
there's interesting things said about them, but you don't see, have them doing anything interesting. And, you know, like, that's a good point, too. I mean, yeah, 2005, there's uh, still, like, a split on whether, you know, homosexuality should be an accepted, normalized thing. You know, again, it's, like, something we maybe take for granted now. Uh, but, yeah, a lot has changed in 15 years. And so, yeah, that's nice to normalize it and to have a, an affirm, a character like the mother, you know, affirming and showing like, you know, just this is the, you know, they've accepted their son, who he is. And like, it doesn't change the relationship that they have. Like, that's actually very nice. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a different change than maybe what you saw with other movies at the time where it's like, you know, the hardship of being gay. Like, no, this is just a normalized, uh, you know, relationship with the family. I just wanted more of that. You know, remember the movie last Christmas, which you actually talked about, they had a lesbian couple there, interracial lesbian couple. And basically, they didn't give much on them either. Like, I kind of wish they kind of provide, in these movies, they provide more for these couples rather than being, okay, we're showing a gay couple. I feel like you just throw things into movies without actually adding some substance to it. Yeah, no, that's true. It's kind of like, you know, you want to have them in there, but you don't know what to do with them. Uh, but I guess, again, like, it's like baby steps. You know, there's the visibility. That's, that's like, the, the very least you could do. And then as the years have gone on, you know, you, you've dived deeper into these characters' One movie lives. that um, so. I, I, I didn't – I haven't watched, but I – you know, I might. It's Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. I heard very good things. I think it came out last year. It's called A Happiest Season, uh, and it's directed by Claire Duvall. It's a – you know, Kristen Stewart is, you know, dating actress Mackenzie Davis, and I think her best friend's Dan Levy. And it's just like, oh, your parents don't know that you're gay and you're bringing home your roommate. Like, I, I think Mary Steenburgen's her mom. I think it's that kind of – I think it was – I think audiences and critics both liked it. I uh, I do not think it is a divided film. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, people just want a good story with good characters. And what it's not only that they could see maybe themselves in it, but they could see their families and other – and their friends and just – I don't know. It's – Instead of just caricatures. Well, you know, I I agree. I mean, I think what audiences like about this movie that wins them over more so than critics is, I guess, there's a relatability in a broad sense that there's, like Eric alluded to, every family will have some drama uh, around the holidays if you have enough characters with conflicting personalities in the mix. So I think, yeah, the relatability is, is a big factor there. I think... A lot of people know what it's like for the new person to come into the holiday tradition and how it's not always a perfect fit. Whereas um, I think critics want that concept a little more um, in depth than what they actually got. But to have that at all, I think, is is appealing enough for audiences to come in. And, of course, the ensemble cast. I mean, who doesn't like seeing a bunch of A-listers come together and and put on a show and i think all the actors do a really good job i i, I don't think there's any performance that i that i question yeah the acting is good i actually thought everyone did a good job it's a story i wish could have been better yeah yeah could have um made uh, the performances uh more worth it all right that's enough i'm sorry I just think any parent would want a normal child. Oh! God damn you, okay? Simple. Don't simple me. Just for the child's sake, just to make it easier for the child. That's enough! I was thinking about this today. Uh, take, 
where did does this movie rank? Not in all your Christmas movies that you know, but in the 2000s. Where does this movie rank in Christmas movie in your uh, Christmas movie 2000s list? Because I, w- I would say something significant happened to Christmas movies in the 2000s. Uh, but I, it, it's a, it, at least for me, I'm kind of curious to hear. You know, you, we could think we can think out this process. I think Elf, of course, Elf. Oh. Elf is in its Elf own league. Its own, Elf, Elf is. By far, it's in, in its own league, but it's definitely, you know, when people think of the 2000s, it's number one. But you got uh, The Holiday, I think, uh, The Holiday. Uh, you got, uh, you know, if we can include The Grinch. Uh, this is probably number three or four for a lot of people. I Because re- I think you kind of get into Christmas. You kind of get into Christmas with the those, like, almost, almost could have been Netflix movies. I think the drop-off happens very quickly when you look at the catalog of Christmas movies from the 2000s. So, yes, Elf is at like the very top. It's probably, like, the last Christmas classic to have been made, where it's just, like, up there with all the, you know, beloved Christmas movies of the past. And then you have other ones that are very well-liked, right? So I think, um, yeah, because Love Actually also takes place around Christmas time, right? And then oh yeah, that's another okay. So like fourth place. Yeah, yeah. So like these like again like they have their fan base, but they're not like as broadly loved or considered as as timeless classics. Uh, and then yeah, you have you have very like meh holiday comedies like Christmas with the Cranks, Deck the Halls, <laughs> you know, a bunch of like generic holiday title kind of movies that that came and went. So I don't know. I guess I I would say. The Family Stone is maybe like slightly above the the bar, or where like the the averages. It's slightly above the bar, but I would I I don't know if like there's that much competition in the 2000s. Like you said, Elf set the standard, and everything else is kind of like down there. 100, Elf is up there. That's like a number one. Everyone wants to watch it. Honestly, this movie is top three for me because there's just so many other Christmas movies, and I'm just sick of them all. I feel like you know, this is a movie that I still find very touching. Like, I don't... There's not a lot of Christmas movies I cry to. This is a movie that I get... I just really... The sense of family in it, as although there is stupid comedic parts that don't, don't need to be in there, like, the, the aspect of family in it really touches me. The heart of this movie is what really sells it. It does have sincerity to it with this family. I think the, the, the actors really crafted some really interesting performances and relationships with each other. Whereas, you know, a lot of those other forgettable christmas movies are very superficial right like there's they're really they focus too much on uh things like oh like who can decorate their house the best for christmas or uh you know oh this family has to throw this christmas party every year like really dumb aspects of the holidays that at the end of the day don't really matter i think in order for a christmas movie to be successful there has to be a sincerity and in a heart to it and this movie does have it I don't want to throw this movie under the bus for like you know I I know we're playing like backseat driver like there is heart and I I don't think this movie was made cynically I I think everyone you know despite its uh despite its faults I can't think of a movie that like before that I like it's definitely a first for me Do you know what I mean like oh, yeah. I I can't think of a movie that has tried to do this in Christmas, like a Christmas movie that's tried to do like a family 
a big family setting. And now it seems, you know, you get one every year or every other year with a bunch of actors, just like one of them, one of them's older and boozing it up. Uh, it's just, uh, I, I, it seems like uh, you could take a lot of lessons from this movie on how to improve storytelling. Yeah, exactly. I, I think a, a good... lot of people love this movie and just like, okay, uh, the gay couple in this movie, you know, what about, I, you know, I, that Claire Duvall took it and turned it into her own movie, which is which has excelled. I don't know. It, I agree. It's a good case study. Well, you know, what works, what yes. doesn't work, and... You know, it's it's a mixed bag, but I think the parts that do work make it worth watching at least once. People should check it out. And if you don't like it, then fine. I don't think people would regret watching this. I mean, you know, not everyone's going to like this, but I think this movie has its fan base. And I think for some people it might strike a chord that will actually make it something that they go back to at least once in a while. I don't know if it's, again, like something that they have to see. Oh, it's Christmas time. We have to put on the family stone. Uh, but they might keep it in their, they might keep it in their catalog, right? Like keep in mind, like, oh, like, you know, we, we've exhausted all of our other ones. Oh, they're still the family stone. They don't mind that they saw it. They don't mind that they saw it, but they don't need to see it again. Well, you know, they, I get some people might. <laughs> some people do. Right. Some people It'll strike might. a chord with some people. Honestly, there's not a lot of movies like this. I agree with that actually, because I can't, I honestly can't think of it. And all the ensemble casts are, are not movies that where everybody knows each other. For example, you did mention that people aren't really related to each other at all in all these ensemble cast movies. And this one really just ties things together in a way that you don't get in other movies. Yeah, no, I, that's true. That the, Some of those other ensemble movies really got out of hand. I think one, for example, New Year's Eve has got a cast of like 30. And uh, like for any given character, they only interact with one or two others. It's it, it They really got out of control. Uh, some of those other ones, Valentine's Day. He's not that into you, all those other ones. But I, I like uh, if if let's say we're all actors and the script, uh, like you get two scripts and you could be in both movies. Um. Uh, like there's no scheduling conflicts. You get the Family Stone and New Year's Eve. I, you know, the Family Stone that actually like that looks like a fun. I don't know. That looks like a fun, cozy, like the, from what I read is like, they did like extensive rehearsals to really get that chemistry. And that's what really worked for this movie. There was oh. really good chemistry. I think, yeah, and, that comes through. And they, they probably, they could have all lived together for a month and, uh, yeah, I'd buy it. So yeah. And yeah, no, it, 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 it does kind of have a play feeling without being a play, but I don't know the new year's Eve movie. I don't, it, it sounds like a lot of people are cashing in on a paycheck and you get to hang out with like Jennifer Aniston for a week. It, yeah. You, or you, whoever you have like the cast party where people actually interact with each other. <laughs> you know, you go, yeah, you if it's a good for- movie, it's a good movie. It's most likely not going to be, but right. it, it doesn't hurt people's careers. Also, also an interesting, uh, little peek into the, the actors of the time, right? This is like very much 2005 actors you would get. So like, Rachel McAdams, who was really big at the time, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, Diane Keaton, who had been around for many years, but it was at that point, you know, she's going to be a matriarch of a, of a movie like this. I think she had done a bunch of yeah. similar feeling kind of family dramas, Craig T. Nelson and so forth. It's Craig, Craig T. Nelson is good for like our parents, but he was also coming off of like 
the high of Incredibles, and Luke Wilson was also coming off the high of Legally Blonde ish. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like, like he was, he was. A, this is when he was like a bankable star, not oh, not named Owen. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your bankable Wilson brother. Yeah. So it's interesting yeah. to see like this was your cast in 2005. If this movie is made like three or four years later, three or four years before, probably would have seen a pretty different cast. But uh, I like the actors they did get for this, and it's reflective of where they were in their careers at the time. Well, they tried to get like uh, they tried to get Billy Crudup and Johnny Knoxville to play Everett and Ben. Mm. <laughs> uh, who they were also pretty big at the time, and they that could have. That would have been an entirely different movie. I think Johnny Knoxville. Would. They probably would have leaned more into the comedy with, with Johnny Knoxville. So I'm kind of glad and, he didn't appear yeah. in this. Oh yeah, it would have become Christmas with the family, like Christmas with the cranks. Yeah, Christmas type. with the Stones. Uh, that was actually but Aaron Eckert. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Eckert was also rumored. Uh, he was also cast as uh, Everett uh, before he had to drop out. Honestly, I think Everett might have been one of the least interesting characters for me. Again, interesting things happening to him or about him. But, you know, like, I feel like you know, Rachel McAdams really brings a personality to her character. So does Diane Keaton. I don't really know if this Everett character has an identifiable personality to him as much as other people going on. I get his arc. Other than I want the ring. I get his arc. I get, like, the, the you know, the background of this character and what the character is trying to achieve. But I don't know if there was that much memorable personality brought to him. As much as say like Luke Wilson, like Luke Wilson, you can immediately identify, like, oh, he's the goofball brother who like, you know, has a different kind of way of looking at things. And this guy, this ever character, kind of like the only reason why we know about him is because it's you know, he's kind of more of the center of the, the plot, not so much because his personality was interesting. Honestly, his personality is kind of, is boring. And that's the thing. I think the fact that he's such a serious character and he's trying hard to be perfect i think that's just how he is like they they didn't want to have him be like some really like i don't know loud obnoxious person in the family they wanted him to be the a little uptight as well kind of like i think sarah Jessica parker's extreme extreme version of him so they're very similar but she's just extreme i think that could have been another point of contention if they could explore how maybe living in new york and in being in the corporate world made him more uptight and he used to be more laid back like the rest of his family and that sort of transformation into the more uptight businessman is again kind of in like the relationship is incarnate of that right like she Sarah Jessica Sarah Jessica Parker is like his new personality even more on that far extreme and she's pulling him further down that way while the family is trying to make him more looser like it used to be like you see, like, there's there's more ideas there. Uh, yeah, there's so much untapped potential in this, and I feel like they they went in some interesting directions, and then they sh- – directions that they didn't really need to go – or added directions that they didn't need to go to at all. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Another point of contention, too, why did their last name have to be Stone? I thought that was kind of hokey. It's like the family Stone, like the ring – also because they're the stone family i thought that was like a little silly because people in the town are like oh hi mrs stone (laughs) like okay that can be a last name but it just was um i think like an uh a joke that was unnecessary and didn't really 
didn't really uh, pay off that. I mean, well. the stone, the rock. They're trying to. That's why the. That's why the cover or the um, the poster is the rock on the finger. Just... It took me a second viewing. It took me a second viewing to realize, like, oh, it's a play on Family Stone, the ring, Family Stone, the family. But it could have again. been a Flintstone movie. We let's all admit <laughs> it. Let let's all admit it. The family Flintstone. That would have been a good movie. Oh, didn't they ever do like that? Could have been a good. Uh, granted, I'm creating a whole new another movie in my head. Like Bam Bam invites like you know an older. Uh, uh, who's the who's the girl's name? Like Pebbles. 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 Like you know they're getting married and it's, oh boy, you know Barney and Fred don't talk to each other anymore after that bowling league so, scandal or something <laughs> conspiracy theory the the script to the family stone started as the flintstones three but then they decided <laughs> to take it in a totally different direction you okay Everett? how could you do that I, I didn't do i didn't do anything to you she, she was passed out i slept on i slept on the floor nothing happened this is a brand thing <laughs> Okay, uh, so I think we can now uh, give our final thoughts on the Family Stone, and so we'll start with Eric. What would your percentage score be for the Family Stone? Okay, so for this movie, it was one of my favorites. As it, my MySpace had it as favorite movies. Like I, I actually did like this movie because <laughs> I don't know. Like it just back then, I did like it way more than I did now. I guess when I, when you're younger, you don't realize the stuff that are just so stupid. So in this movie, the things that really ruined it for me was the scene with the bus. I can't believe he would run after her and like really go for the sister like that. Like, let's be real. Like that was a stupid lifetime Hallmark kind of movie scene. And that's the one thing that kind of really changed my mind on my original percentage. So my original percentage was 90 back in the day, but I think I move it back to 82 right now. I still like it because it's, for example, I give it that percentage because it's still my top three movies I would see during the holidays. Okay. That, no, that's, that's uh, I can see that. It's interesting how opinions change over time, right? Um, and I was thinking of revisiting that as a as another, you know, we did that as a bonus episode once and uh, I might want to do that again too. So, okay. Um, 82% for Eric. Uh, what about you, Keith? Uh, I think any other time of the year, I would agree with the critics, and I would give it a 53. But because I always like to do this, I you know I make up my own rules. I if a I think uh, if a Christmas movie really envelops the holiday, uh, it gets an extra 10 points. Die Hard does not get that 10 points, uh, and I'll debate anyone about that. Uh, but that's a good movie anyway. But I do think that the Family Stone does give you that season of Christmas and does get that extra 10 points only on one condition. You watch it with your mom. I think this is a good mom movie. And oh, I like that. I like that a lot. So, you know, every, from uh, January to November, it is a 53, but I'm giving it a 63 on Christmas. I think it works. Okay, very nice. Uh, you know, I actually, this as the second time I'm watching it, I was surprised to find myself enjoying it more than the first time I had seen it. And I was appreciating those dramatic moments more. 
But uh, yeah, I would probably give this, I'm going to give this a 70%. I think I went in the opposite direction as Eric where I went up the scale this time. I probably the first time would have given it like a 60 or something, but I'll give it a 70% this time, especially considering that I think there is an audience for this that would really, really like it. And there might be people out there who haven't discovered this yet that would be glad that they did see it. So what is our final score? I think if we're putting this if we're ranking this movie uh maybe fourth or fifth place in the christmas movies of the 2000s it is a 71 percent which is i'm all during the christmas season i think it's way more than fair i love it that's our christmas gift to the family stone is that we are officially siding with the audience so there you have it, one for the holidays. If you want to add another movie to your Christmas catalog, consider The Family Stone. You you never know. So uh, thank you, uh, you know Eric, of course, yeah, for, thanks, for coming back on. Of course, thanks for having me. And for you know suggesting this movie. And uh, I hope everyone's enjoying the holidays. We have one more divided film left for you, so keep an eye out for that. And until then, get all your Christmas shopping done and enjoy the holidays. Have an eggnog for me. Thank you very much. Thank you.